1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake, but today we have a special guest, second, I guess, real major guest we've got on the podcast. So that is former Miami defensive end Greg Rousseau. Greg, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
1: Greg, I, so I, I guess we were going to tape this on on Thursday, but you, you, something came up with with your agent. I, I guess uh, how crazy has the last week been for you since you've, uh, you know, kind of declared that you're opting out and, and signed with an agent?
2: Uh, it's been pretty crazy, you know. I mean, the move took a lot of courage. It was tough. Just, like, telling my teammates, it was the hardest thing I've ever done for sure. But since then, I've had a lot of interviews. I've been, like, touring facilities, seeing where I'm going to work out. And I'm going to start workouts, like, uh, this Monday coming up. But, yeah, even though it's been stressful, it's been really exciting. And it's, like, a new chapter of my life. So I'm, I'm ready for a challenge for sure.
0: Yeah, Greg, wanted to say thanks for coming on with us. And, uh, you know, this, the name of this podcast is Through the Smoke. I think that's kind of cool that, that you're on with us because you've actually done that, right? So, yeah, yeah. You can, you can definitely – I'm looking forward to picking your brain uh, for some insight on this year's team without giving away the state secrets, of course. But, uh, you know, again, wanted to say thank you for coming on. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you're, you're getting ready to to prepare for the NFL draft and all that. What What are some of your goals maybe that you want to – accomplish between now and the draft process? Are you looking to get your weight up more or, or, you know, things of that regard, what are you looking to, to improve on?
2: Um, just to like refine my technique, you know, just on like the little things like hitting blocks. Cause I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, cause I won't be practicing like having actual football practice and stuff like that. Also just going to keep working my pad level, definitely working on my lower body, getting more twitchy and just being more explosive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, I'm gonna probably drop a few pounds of fat. I'm trying to show up to the combine like 267 or something, but like all muscle. So yeah, that's what I'm working on. And I'm, and I'm also just trying to work work on like just staying in shape and just not playing a season, but just making sure that my body's like just going going through a lot because you you kind of need that every year, you know. So you don't get too far out and you and you just keep that football feel. So. Yeah, all of that is really what I'm gonna be working on for these next few months and I'm I'm real excited for sure. Can Greg, I, ask, I
1: feel like no I, I feel like you have to be pretty close to, you know, game shape right now. I mean, were you working with David Feely the past couple of months?
2: Yeah, yeah. The day I declared was like I was only like one like I had a workout that day and I just I told him I couldn't come and stuff. So yeah, I've been working out the whole entire summer, so i mean i haven't've I haven't really worked out for the last week, but that's that's about it i'm going to start working out um, this upcoming week
0: can I ask the real nerdy NFL combine NFL draft question uh, like what what forty do you expect to run or, or like what range would you be happy with because I mean you are a guy who's six foot seven, so like forty time might not be like super super important, but you're still a guy that can move well right so like yeah. what what would you What would you be happy with time-wise in the 40?
2: Uh, Probably a 4.6. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to shoot for, Four 4.6. Have you run that before, recently? Yeah, I ran a 4.65 in Miami. Um, okay. When Gus when Gus was the strength and conditioning coach, I was a freshman. I was a lot lighter. But I right. feel like if I work my lower body a lot and get more explosive, I feel like I can, I can get to that by the time um, from late February comes around. Right.
1: Greg, you mentioned uh Gus and you are someone that's been with the Miami program here for the for the past few seasons. Yeah, uh, you yeah, you worked with Gus and then you transitioned to David Feely. Just having worked with both those coaches, what's what's been the what was the biggest difference and, and kind of your takeaway uh with David Feely? I mean, we had DJ Dallas on the podcast, I don't know, months ago and he Lit up when we talked about Coach Feely, and it seems like any time you guys, any players, bring him up, that they love him. So, what is your impression of David Feely? What was that transition like?
2: Man, it was one of the best things that could happen to me. Like I was just coming off of a uh, my ankle, and I was getting back. Coach Feely came like that January with uh, with Diaz, and um, yeah, I haven't really lifted in a while. So, but basically, he really just before we just went in there, kind of been lifted with Gus nothing and nothing against him but with Coach Feely like we went in there he broke down every little detail every little thing he taught me how to lift again basically like from scratch and I just I got so much stronger with Coach Feely and just like I couldn't have asked for a better strength and conditioning coach and he really just he pushed us to our limits every day sometimes it's like uh like damn we gotta run the track this sucks but it's like at the end of the day it's like he really had us working you know like he had us pushing each other and believing in each other even though we didn't win a lot of games uh Last year, we, we had that trust, and we all knew that we worked in the summer. We knew that we were, like – that. we knew we were tough, you know. It was never, like – we never lost a game because the team just, like – just, like, kicked, kicked our butt up and down the field. It was always, like, a dog fight. Even, like, Virginia Tech, when we were down, like, 28-zip, we were real scrappy the whole entire year. And I feel like we, we got that mentality from, from Coach Diaz and Coach Feely. And, like, I feel like the things that Coach Feely did with, like, my, uh, my ankle flexibility was great because, you know, when you get hurt – that part, of your body gets kind of stiff. So, so for him to be able to just help me and, and work with me and getting back to to what I was at it was like one of the hugest, but hugest blessings in my life. Miami also has really good PT. Yeah, it's really good medical. I'm sure you guys know, but yeah, Profili did a lot for me. Like I, I can't repay him for that at all. You're
1: you're like a a really tall guy, and you mentioned ankle flexibility. I mean, I you know I. I coach CrossFit, do CrossFit here and there, and I, I see Feely makes you guys do these overhead squats, which mm-hmm. are real taxing on that, um, uh, on those ankles. How hard Definitely. was that to learn?
2: It was tough at first. I'm like, we were doing it, we were doing it. The first day, I was like, bro, this is BS. Like, I'm like, we're gonna do this every day. This is so dumb. But then, like, as I was doing it for the next couple of weeks, like my ankle was getting more flexible. I'm like, wow, like he really knows what he's talking about. So I had like a new respect. I'm um, for him when I found out that like it was actually helping me and, and in like every single part of my body was getting stronger but because Feely knows he's a man he's really the man like when it, when it comes to strength and conditioning he really knows what he's talking about for sure. Who do you think is like
0: the biggest example on the team of a guy that uh, Feely has transformed in his program like a guy before he arrived maybe needed needed some work with his conditioning and strength and now he looks like a totally different guy.
2: Um, I probably got a few for you. I'd say Zion for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh I'd say low-key Will Mallory. He he really uh-huh. transformed from when um from when he was a freshman and when Coach Feely came to now. He's I feel like he's gonna be a monster this year. Um who else? Um Jay, Jay Silvera. Because okay. Jade went through a couple injuries, and you know when you come, when you go through those injuries, and you haven't played for for like six, eight weeks, it's it's tough to come back and just, and right. just like yeah, just like start contributing immediately. But Jade came back in shape, uh, me for sure, for sure. Right. <laughs> Since Godzilla right. was here, I probably gained like twenty pounds of, of some really good weight, So I didn't get slower at all. So, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, he's the man, honestly. You know, those freshmen are starting to look real nice, too.
1: I guess who, who over the past – you know, I, I, you guys were together, what, for about six weeks, I think. Who, who was just dominating workouts where you kind of looked across the field and you're like, damn, this guy um, really took a step or I feel like will take a step this season?
2: Uh I feel like Jade Silvera, Nesta, he he was a dog in workouts, me and him. Uh Will Mallory. And another person that stood out to me was probably well two people. I'd say King, D'Arc King, and uh Jalen Knighton. Like the all those dudes are dogs and I feel like they're all gonna have big seasons. Especially Knighton. He's he's a kid to watch for real. Like like the buzz is not fake with uh with him. Like he's he's real deal. Like people are gonna see this fall. It's going to be fun to watch him. You mentioned the Eric,
0: um, Greg. So wanted to ask you more about him. Just, you know, he, he arrived, what, in January? A guy yeah. with, with a lot of hype. Uh, but, you know, like any transfer, they got to earn the trust of the team, earn the respect of the team, especially, yeah. especially at that position. So how did he go about doing that when he first arrived? And, you know, what, what impresses you about just his
2: leadership qualities in general? I mean, everything about him is impress- is impressive. Like he-, he earned the trust of the team and then some. Like I I met him on his uh, OV and just talking to him and just picking his brain is like, man, this dude is smart. Like he's not like, just like he's not a little bonehead. Like he you know you could you could when you talk to him like you know you're talking to a winning quarterback. So and, and when it comes to earning our trust, he just he worked hard. He-, he acted like he had no status, even though obviously he's one of the most talented players on our team. But he came in, he worked hard. Acted like he had no um, status. Was always one of the hardest working people in the room, and his skill set is like it's just it's so much, bro. He can do anything really. He could throw, he could throw dimes. He could run. He could do the RPO. He could, he could make you miss an open space. Like he's the he's the total package. I feel like he's really gonna ball this year. And also when you just talk to him, he's just a great dude. You know, you get no like cocky vibes from him. Like oh this dude's a jerk. Like you get none of that. Like you like. Like, he'll talk to a walk-on just like he talks to me, you know? He's really down to earth. So I feel like he's going to do great this year, for sure.
0: What would you say, like, I think people look at a quarterback like Derek, um, and, you know, because of his stature, right, he's, he's obviously not the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people who haven't seen him yet would assume maybe he's not going to be the best thrower. Um, what, what would you say to that, just his throwing ability?
2: Uh, from what I saw over the summer and those first four days of spring, it's great. Like his throwing ability is great. Like he's 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 real deal. He's not just no scrambler. And I know there's a lot of quarterbacks like that, like right. that just run and then like they they can throw kinda, but I feel like he can throw first. He really can. And then he can just beat you with his feet um second. So I feel like he brings a lot of versatility to the table. And honestly, man, it's so hard to play scrambling quarterbacks. Like right. it's so tough. Like like, for example, like last year, games like Pitt, when you were going against Kenny Pickett, it's like, yeah, this is it's tough. But, you know, if you got him, you got him. You're probably going to sack him, you know. But then when right. you have people like Bryce Perkins and, and Hendon Hooker from Tech, it's like, damn, it's like every play, it's like you might get a sack, but you the dude also might scramble out of it and throw like a 20-yard pass, you know. So right. just the versatility he brings with that is, is, is like, it's incredible. And the dude, he moves like a receiver, you know. Like, he, yeah. he he doesn't run like a quarterback. He moves like a receiver. It's crazy.
1: Greg, when when Derek King came on that official visit and, I guess, committed, you just being a guy already on campus, did you guys kind of assume he was going to be the starting quarterback? I mean, I know you guys have been around Nicosi, uh Perry. <laughs> um, you, you went through all that, the shuffling of the quarterbacks the past two seasons. I mean, were you guys – like welcoming a transfer? Did you know he was going to be the guy, or or take me? What was that? The feeling, I guess, inside the locker room.
2: I mean, I guess it was an elephant in the room that De'Aaron King, you know, was gonna was gonna play a lot at least because he's a big time transfer. You know, you don't need to bring him in for nothing. But I know, but Kosi's a hardworking dude. I knew he was. I knew he was going to be up for the challenge. And I feel like he's still probably going to play too because I mean they're both dogs, and Kosi and Kosi's been here. But yeah, it's all about competition, you know, like. Like, for me, like, like I was hurt. It brought in Trayvon Hill and stuff, and, like, I could have felt some type of way about it, but I was just like, damn, I just got to work, you know? Like, I have no time to feel sorry for myself I'm getting back from an injury. So, you know, it's all about competition. I know the quarterback position is – I feel like it's more tricky when it comes to, like, playing and, like, if they bring in somebody, it's, it might be hard to outplay – out outshine them or whatever. But I feel like – I feel like Kosi is really capable, and, of course, you guys know that. A dude has potential. He threw for, like – 400 yards against Tech, So, so yeah, we know Coach is the real deal for sure, but but King's the real deal too. We have two – I feel like we have two quarterbacks that, that start at a lot of schools around the country. The, the offense in general, Greg,
0: I want, I want to take you back to the spring, that one week you guys did get in of spring football. We kind of heard, uh, you know, from people that were out there at that fourth practice, so I guess the last practice – of Mm -hmm. the spring which was in pads we kind of heard like the offense was giving it to the defense a little bit (laughs) which which is rare like in spring right like typically the the defense is is killing it so what did you take away from that you know seeing the offense have success like that so quickly
2: I mean I was happy honestly because you know our offense usually struggles but like just seeing them like they move so fast like you barely have time to breathe in between snaps. Like if you looked out of your shoe, they're getting ready to they're getting ready to run the next play. So like the offense is lightning fast, and you just you just see them do that. It was good for them, you know. They're gaining confidence, and that, that offense, like I said, it's just really, really, really fast. Like it's crazy. Like you have you have no time to do anything but just get set and just get set again. And they're in great shape too. Who do you think
0: will benefit most? You know, besides Derek, you've talked about him, but like. Who on the offense is going to benefit most from this new new system?
2: Uh, I feel like I feel like the running backs. I feel like I feel like our passing game is going to be really good with Wiggs and and Pope and Harley. And then like I feel like just on some normal plays, like this is a regular zone read, either King or or Knight or Cam Harris, like are just going to have some really big runs, you know? Because the defense is going to be focused on everything else. So mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like our backfield is going to be like. One of the strengths, the O line also is like much improved for sure.
1: Greg, we have kind of asked you a lot about the the offense on defense. Um, who who's gonna step up and take over your role on the defensive line? Like, who who's gonna get a ton of sacks?
2: I feel like I feel like Quincy's gonna do great. I mean, the dude's the technician, I feel like Jalen uh, Phillips, of course, he's like a freak of nature. Like, it's crazy. He's like fast as hell. He's he's bigger than me. Dude's like like 268, probably pushing 270. So I feel like they're very capable and they're gonna have a great year. And also, Harvey, super twitchy, smart, smart kid. Uh, I feel like he's gonna do a lot of great things this year. And I'd also say like a dark horse would be like Cam Williams. A lot of people sleep on him, but he has a lot of length, and I feel like he's gonna ball out. And I say in the interior, I feel like uh, Nesta's prime for a huge year like huge
1: well i have to let you know i'm the unofficial president of, of the cam williams uh hype train i think yes a sir. lot of people forget about him
2: <laughs> yes sir hop on board he, he, a lot of people do forget about him but he's he has all the tools he reminds me of me kind of when i got to college you know like i was out there i was just kind of just running around didn't really know what i was doing but but he's learning now he's learning uh and i feel like him red Helped him help him mature a lot from last year, and I feel like as he keeps adding functional strength, like he's just gonna get better and better, and he he could be that dude this year. I feel like.
1: What is your impression or takeaway from from Todd Stroud? I think when he meets with the media, we think he's like, and and I'm sure fans think he's just like this goofy older guy. Uh, but he seems to get results, and you know I think you you had three defensive line coaches in your short time at miami, just i guess what is – Stroud has to be pretty unique, correct
2: yeah, he's different, you know, just him fighting from cancer, it's like if I come in the media room and i'm like and I'm like feeling just like not practicing or whatever, looking at him, and he's there, it's like it's motivational honestly, and it really pushes um the whole d line to to the next level, and it makes us thankful to just be out there. Also, I'd say he's really a, he's really a technician. You know, he's coached Manny Lawson and Mario Williams, but so the dude he really knows what he's talking about, and he's always gonna push. You know, like it's never, it's never like uh, he doesn't really coach everybody the same. You know, it's not like yeah, just run up and throw a chop and or do a spin move. It's always it's always like he coaches people like to their skill set. You know, and he knows what you can do. He knows what you're capable of. And Of course, like for me like, God willingly, I'm going to be a first-round pick, so Coach Stroud was always tough on me, you know, he helped me to a higher standard, he was like, you can't just run the field and throw a rip, you gotta, you gotta work this, work this move, this and that, you know, and, and I, I, I love Coach Stroud, like, I, I owe him everything, he really helped me gain my confidence after my injury by just, by just showing me the ropes again, kind of, and then, and then just throwing me, throwing me in that five Florida game, I mean, I was that nose tackle, I was like, <laughs> when when he said, um, we did fall camp, and I wasn't starting at DN. I had, like, it's like back spasm in fall camp, so I didn't really get to showcase myself. And then he was like, "Well, I'm gonna just put you in the in the nose." And I was like, "In the nose?" I was like, "What? Like, what are you talking about? Are you playing around? Like, are you joking?" And then he was like, "Nah, I believe you could win in there." And I was like, "All right, shit, I'll I'll try it out." And it ended up being like one of the best things ever. Like, it's honestly easier than being at some times. So, just for him to uh, believe in me and put and stick me in there, I mean, I I, I owe him everything for that because that really changed the whole like, trajectory of my entire season, you know? If I don't get on the field and prowler those first few games and I'm not on that third-down package side, I probably – I might not be starting when I started starting, you know?
0: Greg, I want to ask you a little more about Jalen. Um, yeah. How – you know, how much did you like seeing him kind of take over that number 15 uh, <laughs> this year? And uh, – and also just, you know, everyone talks about his athleticism and, and all that stuff with him. Is there anything, like, freaky you've seen him do in the weight room or, or anything that you feel like highlights his athletic ability or is it just basically he's really big and really fast?
2: Well, it's definitely he's really big and really fast for sure. But I've seen a dude do, like, a backflip just, like, from, like, a normal, like, just standing up position. So he's honestly a freaking nature I'm happy he got to 15, you know. He's came a long way, you know. I I remember when he got to Miami, he was he was really skinny, but he's really transformed his body. And it's hard work coming back from injury, and he, he's he's ready for the challenge. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him, and I feel like he's going to do great things. And I feel like he's going to ball out and create his own legacy, honestly, and be one of the better pass rushers in the ACC.
1: Greg, you, you mentioned that you got to play in in the Florida game in that prowler package. I'm finally happy. I know uh, what what exactly it's called. I've been asking for the longest time and it'll give me (laughs) the name (laughs) Um, I guess you know as the season progressed you got more and more snaps did you ever feel like you were in a zone I mean I go to that Florida State game like did everything just become super easy for you uh or was like Florida State's O-line really bad or or just like I mean when things are working are they just clicking or I I mean I, I I guess what does it that feel like
2: well, I feel like Virginia game – Virginia game really when I took a step. When I started starting and I, I bought out that game, I was like, man, like this is this feels like freshman spring, you know, like I could do this. Like it's really possible. So I, I had that game. Georgia Tech was like, eh. And then like you said, like just pitting Florida State, I just I caught fire for sure, especially Florida State. I was just in the zone that game. I was really excited to play because I, I kind of like Florida State, but they never offered me. So I, I had a trip on my shoulder for sure that game. And I know, of course, I know a lot of people on Florida State. I know Keem Dent, I played fire with him. I know Stanford Samuels played Florida Fire with him. So I know a lot of people who played for Florida State, so I was really motivated that game. Had a lot of fun. By far, my favorite game is the Hurricane. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Florida State is my favorite. Yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, yeah, I really just caught fire, man. I was just, I was blessed out there. We had a good game plan. Like, the defense played lights out. I'm going I'm to really miss games like that for sure.
0: Greg, you mentioned, you no know, Florida State obviously was a good game for you. It was also – and you've touched on him a lot, but it was also kind of Nesta's uh, best game, right? Yeah, like, it was. Is that a glimpse of what you kind of think he can be over the course of a season? Is that kind of like the challenge for him this year in your mind? 100
2: percent. Like, the dude – when he wants to be, he's really unblockable, and I feel like he's gonna have an amazing year. Like he, he was, I was working out with him this whole off season, so we were pushing each other every single day, and I feel like he's, he's gonna be a dog this season for sure. Has a lot of, low. People say that like, oh he just bull rushes, but Loki he has some moves, and he, and he can pass rush. He can, he really can. But last year I feel like he didn't get he didn't get that many snaps. You know we had uh he came back from an injury. He had Pat Bethel and uh, John Ford starting in front of him, so you know, past the senior, Ford's been there. So, of course, he couldn't get – you couldn't get, like, his 40 – he couldn't get 40, 50 snaps a game like I could. And I feel like when you get those 40 or 50 snaps, that one sack you have might turn into two or three, you know?
1: Uh, Greg, you mentioned – I didn't even know this. You wanted Florida State to offer, and they didn't offer in high school. Yeah. Um, take me back to the recruitment. Who finished second? I remember you – Committing to Miami after the spring scrimmage up in Boca, but like, Boca, who, yeah, who Who was like really number two and number three in the recruiting process? Like, where else could you have almost ended up?
2: Uh, for a, for a moment, actually, like that summer of my so- summer after my sophomore year, LSU was coming kind of hard for a little bit. I was like, I was really thinking it over, like, man, maybe I can go to LSU because I saw Arden Key. Uh, he, um, Recently, like, was balling over there or whatever. And that's somebody I, that I kind of compared myself to. So, I saw I saw LSU for a little bit. I saw um, Georgia for a little bit. But those teams kind of went away, kind of, after I committed to Miami. And then, late, Tennessee came and South Carolina, but, but mostly Tennessee. I guess if there was one place I would have went, it would probably be Tennessee. But, nah, there, it, there was no real close second, but it was probably Tennessee.
1: Was there any like negative recruiting that happened towards Miami?
2: Yeah. 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 They do. They do a lot of negative recruiting. Pretty much all the schools are like, bro, you're not going to win down there. Uh, You won't be able to focus this and that, but you know, they don't really know what they're talking about. They're just trying to boost themselves up.
0: Greg, I want to ask you one more question about the, the D line this year. I'm curious about the young D tackles, right? Like, uh the guys who were new last year like like jalar holly uh jared harrison hunt and jason Blissett. if you were gonna if you're gonna highlight one of those guys to maybe
2: crack the rotation this year who who would you highlight Mm, that's tough because they're all real talented but if i had to pick one i'd probably say holly because Just because of his his pass rushing abilities, and I feel like pass rushing can get you on the field a lot of times, even if you're not the best, like, run stuffer in this, like, day and age of football. So, definitely, Holly, he brings a, like, huge skill set to the table, real quick on his feet, has some nice moves, uh, has some good pad level. And I feel like he could do some damage for sure in the three-tag.
1: Greg, I, I wanted to ask you, and I think this is a question a lot of people have, how much has Ed Reed been around you guys? Or, or was he involved in the Zoom calls during the, the shutdown? Or I guess what's 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 his role been? And have you had any conversations with him?
2: Uh, yeah, I had a few in the spring and, and like, uh, a few in the summer. But, yeah, mostly Zoom calls because we weren't really able to see coaches or anything in the summer. But I feel like he's he's been huge for the program. Like, you just – of course, you guys see recruiting is like, it's insane. Like, I don't think it's been like that since – Storm 18, and maybe maybe it's even, like, crazier now because like, they're really getting every, like, it's almost like they're getting every top dude in South Florida. I feel like that's the, that's the way to use it to come back to, like, being dominant because, of course, you guys know y'all are involved in recruiting. Like, all those players like Jerry Judy and, and Pastor Kane, they all leave um, – nothing against them. Those are good dudes. But they all leave uh, South Florida, and they go ball out wearing Alabama and Georgia helmets and, you know, LSU – Ohio State and all those schools, but, like, if, if we really kept all those dudes out here, like, there would be no chance. Like, it there wouldn't be any competition, honestly, because I feel like the talent pool, like, across the country, it's, it's, like, it's so much more dense down here, you know? It's more spread out in those other places like Ohio. Of course, those places have dogs and stuff, but I feel like if we get the kids from Miami and South Florida, like, we can compete with any school in the country easily. Who is – I know you –
0: like, it seems like you follow recruiting. Is that fair to say, Greg? Which, I mean, isn't, like, normal, I don't think, for the typical college player. Do you Do you follow it? Like, do you
2: Do you? Yeah, have- I do. I do. If I see, like, a, somebody committed, I'll click the link, watch their highlights. I know about the Palmetto Five, <laughs> and then I know the West <laughs> has some good dudes and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sometimes I talk to – sometimes I would talk to recruits. coaches would put me on the phone with them, like – And I was just, like, you know, just tell them about the school and stuff. Or I'd hit them up on on IG and put, like, eyeball emojis with, like, the Hurricane, with the U sign (laughs) up. Like, (laughs) stuff like that, you know, because I feel like when I was a recruit, like, I was a lower recruit, and I didn't really get much of that. But, like, DJ Dallas reached out to me when I was a recruit, and that meant a lot to me. So I was like, damn, let me do this for these kids. You know, they might see that and be like, damn, like, somebody really cares about me. These players are, like, cool, you know. So I feel like little things like that can go a long way. So I feel like like anything helps in recruiting and just knowing that like when you get to the school you're gonna be around people that you can fit in with is like huge. But yeah, as you guys know, the my recruiting is taking off like it's crazy. Yeah. It really is. Two five you, stars. I was gonna say you hosted you
0: host you hosted guys, right, in the past and, and I was curious like, you know, who who would you say is a guy that you you were a host to, or you were around, maybe on these recruiting visits, and you were like, "Yeah, we got this dude locked up. He's coming to Miami," and he ended up going somewhere else. And and maybe surprised you with going somewhere else. Who would be a guy that
2: that fits that category? Um, Romello hype for sure. Okay, because dude, when dude came to the visit, he was bleeding orange and green, and that's weird to me. I feel like sometimes, not like. Like, it, it didn't happen in the case of, like, DJ Dallas, but sometimes, like, the spokesman almost for a class, it's right. kind of weird how – it's weird to see them flip, you know? And mm-hmm. they'll be all like, yeah, uh hurricanes this, hurricanes that. Yeah. Like, we bleed this green and orange, this and that. And then signing day, it's like, they're gone. It's like, all right, what was all that for them? Like, what was the point? <laughs> but, yeah, definitely him. He, he's a great dude, too. He's a good sure. kid. But sure. he surprised me with that, for sure, because I thought he was coming Like. if you had to tell me if you asked me one person that's coming uh, in this class i would be like yeah Romello, for sure
1: Greg you you mentioned it uh, just Miami's got to keep all this local talent home and we saw how last season ended with with that stretch of games I guess a question I think a lot of people have is have the moves that Manny has made this offseason, changing the offensive coordinators, bringing in Ed Reed, going to a different look. Like, is this all the stuff in the right direction, in your opinion? Like, is this what he needed to do?
2: Yeah, I feel like he definitely needed to revamp the offense, and he's he's done that. He's, he's brought in Ed Reed, which is really big in recruiting. So, yeah, I feel like those are all win-wins, and it's really changing the trajectory of the program because, obviously, it was going down uh, – towards the end of last season and our not just our office, but our whole team just kind of just crashed so so I feel like we're definitely like taking a step in the right direction and we have a lot of potential this year and I feel like I feel like that team didn't do great things man I it sucks that I had that I had to leave like honestly because I, I know they're gonna fall out you know I know I know they're gonna be great if they get a chance to play.
0: You touched on last year and you know you don't have to get into specifics if you don't want to but I mean, obviously, the way it ended last year wasn't great, especially when you look at, you know, before that three-game losing streak, you you all looked really good yeah. against Louisville, right? So that's, yeah. I think that made it even more kind of a head-scratching thing. But but when you look back just at that three-game stretch, you know, what would you kind of, what what would be the reason you think that that three-game stretch happened. How – you know, why did that happen, in your opinion? The the first three uh, three-game stretch or the second one? The, the one to end the year is what um, – the FIU, Duke, and, and Louisiana Tech losses at the end.
2: Uh, I don't know. FIU game, I, I can't – I still can't tell you what happened. That was just horrible. But, yeah, that happened. That sucked. And that really just, like – like, we just took a real, like, punch in the stomach when that happened and just, like, by the time we played Duke, it was just like – I'm not going to say nobody was motivated, but it was just like, damn, yeah. you know. Like we lost to FIU. So, yeah. there was that. It was, it was tough to bounce back from that. Duke played a really good game. We It started raining. We couldn't score at all. I feel like defense didn't play too bad that game. I mean, we could have played better because Duke's no power. doesn't have any power, like, in their offense. But, you know, it didn't work out for us. Took that L. And in the bowl game, I feel like the defense—we lost a lot of pieces. We lost Garvin and Trayvon Hill. Like, but we came ready to play, and I feel like we we played a solid game on defense at least. But obviously, as you guys know, defense doesn't just just the defense can't win a game for you. Right. So, so yeah, it has to be a, it has to be all three phases. So I don't, it, was, it was it was sad to see our season end like that. Like, if you asked me what our record would be Louisville game, I would have said we were gonna win out like easy right. for right. sure.
0: How many points do you – like, from a defensive player standpoint, how many points do you feel like the offense needs to – like, Miami's offense needs to score for you guys to win? Like, the minimum amount? The minimum? Yeah.
2: The minimum is probably, like – if we're going against a decent team, I feel like we got to score, like, 24, man, or at least 21 or something. Because, I mean, when you – when you go against a team that has a good running back and a pretty good line, like, they're going to score, you know? They, sure. They got a good quarterback. So, I feel like – I feel like also just playing – it. I feel like a lot of it is also playing ahead. Like, it's, it's a lot easier to play ahead than it is to be trying to come back the whole entire game because they can't just bleed the clock or anything like that. So, I feel like – I feel like some of the games last year where we did let up a lot of points, it was like some of the games where – it was like the games where the offense was on fire and then, like, It it just didn't work out sometimes. Like, Virginia Tech, I feel like we could have really shut them down. But – and that's, like, one of the games where the offense was scoring like crazy, you know? And you don't even see that often. So, it's just to think, like, damn, what if we only let VTech score 28? We would have won. Right, right. So, yeah, I feel like in the 20s, I feel like they're going to get above that. I feel like they're going to be pushing, like, in the 30s this year with that new offense because I feel like they're going to get so many plays in and there's so many opportunities to score. You know –
0: we're talking about all this in the context of the the changes coach Diaz made this off season. Right. And I think, I think one of the things that that is worth touching on with coach Diaz this off season is the way he kind of stood up, um, you know, in the aftermath of the, of the George Floyd stuff and and the the black lives matter movement happening. Uh, You know, coach Diaz was a guy who, kind of wasn't afraid to lend his voice uh, during that time when a lot of other college coaches, you know, either waited a while yeah. to, to do that or, or didn't say anything at all. You know, just from your perspective, what did that mean to the team? What did that mean to you? What do you feel like that kind of says about Coach Diaz and all that kind of stuff?
2: I mean, Coach Diaz is like an amazing dude. I feel like one, he's going to be one of the best coaches in college football when it's all said and done just his methods and just the fact that he doesn't just care about just football. You know, he talks about like being a dad, and being, being a brother, you know, being, being a teammate. So he really builds us up in every aspect. And I feel like for him to, you know, say that stuff about black lives matter and everything going on in the world, it, it was showing how much he cared for like uh, about, about the team. Cause obviously the team has a lot of black people on it. So yeah, it was great to see him do that. And you see like other coaches around college football that they say nothing when that happens, like, they're hiding, but now that the season's in jeopardy, you're like, "Oh, I love my kids. I want these kids need to play," you know. But a lot of it's not genuine around the country. And those like, and those uh, like some of those SEC schools and stuff is really just all about money. But I feel like Coach Diaz really cares about us, like 100. He, he's a he's a great dude, and he's always he's always supportive. Like even for me, I, when I told him my decision, he wasn't he wasn't one of those coaches that are like, "Oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be a third round pick if you leave," you know. He didn't try to lie to me or or anything of course of course i don't know if i'm gonna be a first round pick but at least he shot me straight you know he just told me right. just work hard and, and just try to maximize your potential and uh keep being yourself and it's so at the combine the, the best you can he gave me some real good advice he said keep on taking classes you know he's a, he's a class act he's really a great guy 100 percent. well last
0: thing for me last thing for me uh you know just this season in general greg you know what 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 are you expecting of this team? How good do you think they legitimately will be? And then, like, what's the game maybe you're most interested in watching this season? Because you're a fan, kind of like everyone else now, and you're going to be locked in on all these games, I assume. Yeah. What's the game that excites you that Miami's going to be playing this year?
2: I'd say a really exciting one is going to be Clemson for them, because obviously it's a huge challenge. But, like, another one, it's not as low-key exciting, but – Another one that's going to be great, I feel like, is the season finale, I think it is, North yeah. Carolina. That's going to be, like, that's going to be dope, And It's going to be at Hard Rock. So, I'm going to be, be tuning in every week for my boys, and I feel like they're going to – I feel like they can win every game they're capable of, it, you know. Obviously, some games will be tougher than others, like yeah. Clemson and, and Wake Forest probably going to be tough. Um, Florida State's always a fight. Well, it usually is. So, I feel like those games are going to be tough, but I feel like they're capable of beating every team on the schedule. And I feel like they're going to win over how many games we got? 10? 11. 11? I feel like they're going to win over nine games. Nine are over for sure. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent on that team, man. Like, we and now that we have an offense that's like legit, I feel like nothing's holding them back.
0: Is that the main reason? Because, you know, the the optimism about quarterback mainly?
2: Yeah. Yeah, just having like a leader at the helm. um, I feel like just that not even talking about the Eric King set, having somebody you can look to him and be like, yeah, Dan, like he's in a, he's in a ball out, you know, and you, somebody you trust. It's like, that's half the battle right there. Just knowing that in the fourth quarter that that dude's going to, is might like, he's probably going to lead the team down the field and score a touchdown. It's like just knowing that in the back of your head, it's like, yeah, we got this. So I feel like they're going to go a long way this year. Had and it? final one
1: for me, Greg, uh, because this won't bother me, uh, a lot of people have asked you uh, kind of about your decision and you pointed out that your mother is a nurse. I guess just where is she She a nurse at and, and what exactly does she do? I think, you know, she, she. people deserve to know like exactly
2: what her role has been in this whole pandemic. Uh, She works at Florida Medical Center. It's like Oakland Park, Florida. Um, And like usually she's an ICU nurse, but because there's a lot of people in the hospital with COVID, she got moved to like the COVID floor. So like the main reason i I opted out was just to just to be able to just help her and just tell her she doesn't have to work anymore, so that was a huge blessing for me to be able to do that for sure for sure and it it was never really about the team about the team or anything like that, but just doing what's best for me and my family
1: right and then are you gonna do you know if you're training in South Florida are you gonna go to arizona or or what
2: uh the the exos in Arizona is closed but I'm either going to be trading at, like, Balmeritos in Aventure or Exos in Pensacola, and I'm going to decide uh, probably today or tomorrow and then head out, like, Monday.
1: And then have you bought anything – like, do you have? have you, has your agent given you a bonus yet? Anything cool that you've bought so far? Or what, what would be the first thing that you're going to purchase?
2: Uh, I, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting to get drafted. I definitely want to get, like, just a nice car, like a Range Rover or something, something fancy. I would like a binge because, like, right now I drive like a Toyota Camry. I'm like, I, I look like a clown getting out of it because I'm like six seven. So, so for me to have a car that sits high, like, I can't wait for that. Like, that's that's motivation right there. Hundred percent.
1: Okay, well, Greg, man, I I really appreciate you uh coming on our our podcast. You know, like you said, I'll, I'll always remember you as. The three-star safety for the uh, for the Florida Fire. So I really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time and uh, yeah. Hey
0: Greg, Greg, if if, if Miami's three and zero going into Clemson, what do you say you come on with us that week and we'll talk Clemson? Clemson yeah, team. I got
2: you. Of course, I got you. Easy. All right, cool.
1: All right, well, Greg, we'll, we'll let you go. We appreciate it big time, man. Um, stay safe, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be pulling for you. Yeah, yes, Greg. Uh, good luck, man. Thank you, thank you. Y'all hit me up anytime. All right, we'll talk to you later. Take care. All right.